Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports, and we're excited to bring you the latest transfer portal, NIL recruiting, and other big news from across the nation right here on the Portal Podcast. Tonight, we're reading the tea leaves a little bit. We're talking conference realignment and particularly the Pac-12. The conference out west has spent the last five months trying to secure a media rights deal to not only keep its member institutions satisfied, but also to preserve its integrity for the foreseeable future. However, that hasn't that hasn't happened to this point. There have been several reasons for the delay, uh, most notably the Big 12 stepping in line and getting its deal done first, but the Pac-12 is now hoping that it can secure something along the lines of a media rights deal that's going to involve heavy streaming services being involved. I don't think that that is something Pac-12 schools are particularly excited about, and they shouldn't be. But we're going to dive into all of this. Um, if Apple TV or Amazon is who you are hoping will save you, George Klyavkov, you're probably in trouble. But let's before we get to that, how did the Pac-12 get to the point that it's in right now? Let's go all the way back to September 20th, 2011. Back then, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott had a chance to make a massive move in college athletics by adding some of the biggest brands the Big 12 had to offer, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. Yes, there was a point in time where these four schools were considered a bundle and could have been sent to the Pac-12. He decided not to, though. He would rather sit on his hands and... The quote he had in 2011 was, after careful review, we've determined it is in the best interest of our member institutions. It wasn't. Student-athletes, nope. And fans, definitely not, to remain a 12-team conference. While we have great respect for all the institutions that have contacted us and certain expansion proposals were financially attractive, we have a strong conference structure and culture of equality that we are committed to preserving. Um, it didn't work out that way. That wasn't the only mistake that Larry Scott made in his tenure as Pac-12 commissioner, though. Uh, there have been several issues that he's left, and George Klyavkov, unfortunately, is in now to pick it up and clean things up, and he's pretty much playing janitor in his first couple of years as the Pac-12 commissioner. Um, he's had to deal with several things. Uh, first of all, Scott locked the Pac-12 into a 12-year media rights deal, that's left the conference in the position it's in today. Uh, He also made a mistake by being over-reliant on the Pac-12 network to distribute the conference's product in terms of programming content. So he entrusted that the Pac-12 network would do a good job of getting the brand out there. And then perhaps the most outrageous one is the overhead cost. They were paying nearly $7 million in rent per year for conference headquarters. That's in, that's incredible. I just, oh, man. Now, Klyavkov's trying to clean up the messes, but the biggest elephant in the room to this point has been and will be the conference's media rights deal, uh, which the current one is expect, is set to expire in the summer of 2023. Last year, Pac-12 opened up a negotiating window with its tele- television partners to try and get something done after UCLA and USC decided to leave for the Big Ten. However, 
the Big 12, as we discussed a second ago, under new leadership of Brent Yormark, outmaneuvered the Pac-12 and got their deal done. They, which a deal was worth 2.28 billion years or 2.28 billion dollars over six years, and by signing that deal with ESPN and Fox, the Big 12 satisfied its needs for the needs of uh, the two major players that were looking to add to their inventory at that time. So when the Big 12 joined the Big 10, the SEC, and the ACC in locking in their deal, their media rights deal for the foreseeable future, it left the Pac-12 kind of out there on its own. And so at that time, Klyavkov kind of saw that as a bargaining chip of sorts. You know, we have we're the only one that's out here. And we're the only one that's yet to sign, so there's value in that. And he was totally wrong. Uh, ESPN came to the table with $25 million per school per year, and Klievkov and the Pac-12 were not happy with that offer. And so they made a major mistake by allowing their product to hit the open market. And that has been a major downfall for George Klyavkov and the Pac-12. So it's left them in the situation that they're in now where ESPN's not willing to get back to that number to this point that they originally offered, which is still less than what the Big 12 schools are set to make. And the $40 million per school pie in the sky that they had in their minds is just not feasible. It's just not going to happen. And so what's what's the Pac-12 going to do now? Well, um, they're they're in this situation because of Klyavkov's overconfidence and and over optimism that the conference was more valuable than it than it truly is. About a month ago, the Athletic published an article, and it said this quote: "Klyavkov overpromised his members on how many bidders there would be and what dollar amount they could command." a target north of $40 million per school, according to one league athletic director. Today, it's uncertain whether the Pac-12 will even be able to exceed the $31.6 million average that the Big 12 reportedly landed in their six-year extension with ESPN and Fox that it reached last fall. So now, time's starting to run short. We're getting closer and closer to the summer of 2023. Schools are getting a bit antsy, and they're trying to figure out where they're most secure future will be. Is it with the PAC 12 or is it with somebody else? And that's where we're going to sit today is what is the true meaning? What's the predicament that the PAC 12 is in and will it be able to keep its schools? There have been a lot of reports. If you haven't, uh, if you've been living under a rock, I'll catch you up here. Uh, last week, um, we had another report come out from The Athletic who says that there was, quote, renewed optimism that the four-quarter schools could join the Big 12. Klyavkov is facing pressure to deliver a new media rights deal to his members by the end of the month, The Athletic says. If the dollar figure or the details are underwhelming, March may be the moment when the Big 12 finally strikes. Sources briefed on the discussion say that the conference has been in recent contact with the so-called Four Corner Schools, that is, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, which has renewed optimism that convincing them to join is possible. 
So we've known for a while now that Brett Yormark and the Big 12 have been in contact with these four schools, but circumstances have changed. Uh, six months ago, when the Big 12 had, had finished its deal and the Pac-12 was confident that they were going to be able to match that or get close to it, there probably wasn't a whole lot of traction between the two during conversations. But now we're five months displaced from that. The Pac-12 is still without any semblance of a deal. And here the Big 12 is with a pro rata clause in, in, in place with ESPN. We still got to get Fox on board, but there's a chance that the Big 12 is the best option for schools like Colorado, Utah, in the Arizona schools. So while the Big 12 is not hoping or praying that Pac-12 falls apart, it is in place. It's in a it's in position to be the primary beneficiary if that was to happen. Uh Mac Rhodes, Baylor athletic director told Sikkim 365 last week that he quote doesn't think any of us are trying to dismantle the Pac-12. If there are opportunity, and <clears throat> if there's opportunity, and whenever their TV media rights deal comes to fruition, and if those institutions decide that it's not good for them, then the Big 12 will be ready. So what expansion-minded Commissioner Brett Yormark has done is he has totally outmaneuvered the Pac-12, which... To no fault of uh, there's no fault in that. That's his job. He's supposed to put the Big Twelve in the best position to be successful, and I think that he has done that. Now, is that a detriment to the Pac-12 in its current situation? Yes, but I don't think that it was by design. I just think that he simply saw the opportunity to get the Big 12's best interest in mind taken care of. Get the security that it needed, whether or not they left some money on the table, the Big 12 is in a much better spot right now than the Pac-12 is. It's not even close. And despite the best efforts from Pac-12 apologists, who I will leave unnamed, there are several reasons why the Big 12 is in a better spot right now. First of all, they added the four best expansion teams available last year in BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. Those were the four most viable G5 or group of five schools to go out and add. Now the Pac-12 is left hoping that San Diego State or SMU, that those schools are enough to increase their value. And it just, the simple fact of the matter is they're just not. And so that has been a major downfall for the for the Pac-12 and that's just simply good business strategy from the Big 12. We couldn't have seen this, we couldn't have foreseen this uh before USC and UCLA decided to leave, but this whole thing has been about money from the get-go and as soon as Oklahoma and Texas decided to leave uh for the SEC when they did in 2021, there should have that should have been a red flag for other conferences like the Pac-12 to make sure that they've got everything that they need taken care of financially so that schools like USC and UCLA don't go looking elsewhere, which is exactly what happened. 
So not only is there renewed optimism that the four corner schools could end up in the Big 12. Pete Thamel from ESPN even went as far as to say that Colorado and Arizona were, quote, odds on candidates to join the Big 12. Uh, last week in a report for Thamel, um, he, he said, according to sources, there's been at least minimal contact between the Big 12 and the Four Corner Schools, just like the Athletics said a week before. <clears throat> that contact has emerged to varying degrees and via various methods depending on the school, but there's a bottom line pragmatism to the conversation. You can't blame anyone for looking for options and what's out there, an industry source said. At some point, knowing it doesn't make fiscal sense for Oregon and Washington to be or to be long-term committed, do other Pac-12 schools seek to chart their own course? Thamel asks. Colorado and Arizona are the odds-on candidates to jump first to the Big 12, which remains open for business, as Brayton Ormark said it was back at um, conference media days last summer. <clears throat> and after all, there's only so much nobility and sticking to a ship that nearly everyone thinks will sink in 60 months' time. So it just it, it makes financial sense for schools like Colorado and like Arizona to leave, given the situation. Because here's what's going to happen. And I, I'm just, this is a prediction, and I don't think it's much of a hot take at this point. George Klyavkov is going to come to the table before the end of March. And his deal is going to be primarily with Apple and or Amazon and ESPN is going to have some sort of flyer on it. And that deal is going to be mostly streaming games. ESPN is going to take top game a week or what, whatever it ends up being. And the money's just not going to be there. It's going to be, somewhere in the ballpark of $20 million per school per year. And when you look at what the Big 12 is getting in 31.6 per year on average, that's a 50% increase in revenue a year. And I that's plenty enough to draw a school like Arizona or Arizona State or Colorado or Utah or Oregon or Washington even for that matter. Um, I just think it, it just makes too much sense. And so when he comes to the table with that and also explains to these schools that their games are not going to be available for the most part on cable television, that's just, it's going to be too many red flags. And I just don't think that the situation that they are in right now is one that they come out on top in. And the, as unfortunate as it is, this goes all the way back to Larry Scott whenever he was the commissioner. He just left the Pac-12 in a bad spot when there was opportunity to expand and create a long-term viability for the conference. He didn't do it. And there are reports out there now, even with the situation that the Pac-12 is in, uh, and uh, this is going to cause me to get on a soapbox, but that's just part of it. There are reports that the Pac-12 schools can't even agree on the fact that San Diego State or SMU, for that matter, are viable options to to come into the Pac-12 because of their 
academic requirements. They can't even agree that the two schools that are in place to potentially save them, whether or not it's a good idea to add them. They can't get over their nose in the air. I just don't understand how you could be in the situation that you're in and have your head so deep in the sand that you don't realize that potentially one of the only things that's going to save you is bringing on a school like San Diego State, who's been begging to get into the conference for years. Now that there's a, a viable reason for you to add them, you still can't come to the conclusion. I mean, schools like Cal and Stanford, they just need to get over themselves. You're in, you are in such a bad situation financially. You need to un- wake up and understand that there are bigger issues here and you're trying to fight for survival here. And maybe that's the issue. Maybe this cult, there's a cultural issue where nobody understands what's actually going on, and it's a bunch of confusion. And when Klyavkov comes to the table and explains to them this is the best offer he's got, chaos ensues. Perhaps that's what's going to happen. Um, I, I just don't think that there's a situation where the Pac-12 comes out of this on top. I, I just don't. I, I don't see... The best case scenario is that they slap a Band-Aid on this for the next three to five years, and then the Pac-12 dies uh, when when contract when the contract is up and media rights are back up in a few years. I, I just I think that the Pac-12 is doomed. Uh, it's inevitable, and at some point they're going to either fall apart or have to merge with somebody else to stay alive. Which brings me to my last point I want to bring up tonight, which this uh was was just published today on our site by our very own Joey Helmer. Uh former ESPN president John Skipper says that the Pac-12 and the ACC should merge. It's an interesting thought. Uh Skipper's been around the industry for a long time. Uh, it's been a long time as the ESPN president. Uh and he had this to say during a uh recent sports business interview with David Sampson. Um it says quote I'm not certain that ESPN is not interested in being in the Pac-12 business. I know it's been reported, but I'm not certain that it's true. I think that the ACC should expand or should merge with the Pac-12, which now sits at 10 teams. I would take the I would take 8 of those teams, change my footprint, have a 24 team conference with a western division, and their ACC network footprint would expand to the west coast. You could probably force a renegotiation with ESPN for a new deal, and you could solve both problems. The ACC would get more money, expand its footprint, and compete with the SEC and the Big Ten. It's an interesting thought. Um, my my question, and Samson's question as well, was why would the ACC actually consider making this move, and how would the league stand to make more money by simply bringing these other schools in? And this is where Skipper had another interesting answer. Quote, the ACC network has contracts with all the distributors that pay an in-conference fee and pay an out-of-conference fee based on state. And that is not negotiable. That is enforceable. And suddenly, all of those subscribers, it's it's a declining universe. There are still 15 million subscribers in that footprint, give or take. They would suddenly be paying a couple of bucks a year for the ACC network. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, the contract uh, enforces you to be able to 
uh, and forces the ACC to charge for the out of out of conference fees based on state adding new states in increases how much you would have to pay. That makes sense, but does that make up a does that make up enough money for this to be a viable option? Um, who knows? I mean, at the, at this point, that's probably going to be the best situation that the Pac-12 could hope for. Unfortunately, I just don't know that the ACC is going to lend a helping hand in this situation. They've got their own problems to worry about. Florida State and Clemson are trying everything that they can to get out of the conference because they want uneven revenue sharing, and schools like Boston College, uh, just they're, they're just not having it. Schools that don't have the football footprint of Florida State and Clemson are, are happy with the money that they're making, whereas Florida State and Clemson are trying to compete to win national championships. And unfortunately, that takes money, which uh, the ACC does not have a whole lot of, and the SEC and the Big Ten have truckloads of. But that is going to do it for us tonight. We really appreciate you guys uh, for joining us, and we we really thank you for tuning in and coming in back every week for the show If you like the show, make sure and give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.